horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right, everybody, get tied on. I was talking to a good friend who's a fan of horse racing today, and he says, John, did I just see that Keeneland's running? Yes, you did. Keeneland is having their rare summer meet. It uh, started yesterday and will go through Sunday the 12th with graded stakes races galore. Of course, uh, the, the headliner down there at Keeneland is none other than the Bluegrass Stakes, a legendary race that over the years had impact on the Kentucky Derby. But uh, when they put the poly track in, it lost some of its glam, and it also went from a grade one to a grade two. So uh, we will, uh, I think sooner or later, now that they're back to a dirt track, it's going to work its way up. But, you know, you know, the bluegrass, obviously, it's a, it's a prep for the Kentucky Derby with solid points. And the storyline there is... Uh, Kenny McPeak, who's been on the show numerous times, is entering a filly against the boys, and he could set racing history. No filly has ever beaten the boys in the bluegrass, and I think only one other filly has even tried the attempt. So uh, we will uh, take a very close look at that race. <coughs> because we've got two guests that are going to be very close to that race. The first ray, the first uh, gentleman is the guy that created uh, Horse Racing Radio Network. His name is Mike Penna, and it'll. I want to talk to Mike. I've known him since the show started, and it just see, seems that he keeps building and building and adding, you know, more talent and uh, interviewers uh, to the show. Really good, good people. Of course, uh, recently we we've, we've had. Uh, uh, Anthony Sabile on the show, and he is one of the handicappers. And uh, I got to get his record from two weeks ago. I don't think I gave him enough kudos. He crushed the card. He did great. So he's just one of the team that uh, Mike's, you know, put together. This all started back in 2003 when he started uh, co-hosting the Saturday morning show Equine Forum talk show. So um, Mike will be our first guest and our second guest, uh, speaking of guys that killed it at the windows, uh, is Frank Angst. Uh, obviously, uh, multiple award-winning writer from the Blood Horse, is involved in Calypso Awards. He's going to be our guest handicapper. And uh, Sad to say, we won't see each other at the press box at Keeneland because we're not allowed in the press box at Keeneland. All the interviews are done by the Keeneland staff and then passed on to the media. But knowing Frank, he'll find a way to get to a betting window. And the last time, last two times we had him on, he came up with some great price horses. So uh, Mike Penna, Frank Angst will be our guest. And speaking of coming up with some big winners, <coughs> excuse me, I didn't even walk by a pond today and I got a frog in my throat. Um, 
just yesterday at Gulfstream Park, we had one of our biggest hits. It was a $1 Super 5. We, If you box the horses we gave you, $10,000 was the winning payoff. And also at Gulfstream yesterday, two, uh, two races before that, we had a $1 Super High 5 that paid $2,600. And with more and more tracks coming to life now, uh, this is going to be a, a great weekend. Uh, you're going to want to... Uh, uh, have a little help with your handicapping. We'll give you some tonight with uh, Mike and Frank, but winningponies.com is where you go to get your easy win forms. Uh, so uh, in addition to the bluegrass, we got the Central Bank Ashland, Coolmore Jenny Wiley, the Grade 1 Madison, the Shakertown. If we get to it, there's so many good races in front of it. And don't forget, there's going to be graded stakes races at Keeneland tomorrow in the Grade 1 Makers Mark Mile I love Raging Bull in there, of course. Chad Brown and Joel Rosario, no big tip. But there's some other legitimate, really talented horses in there. The British bred without parole uh, will be in the field. Uh, finished third behind Raging Bull in the Shoemaker Mile last time out. And also on Friday, the Beaumont Stakes, that's a grade three, about seven furlongs down there at Keeneland. So uh, you might have to tiptoe out of work a little bit early. The uh, Beaumont starts at 424, and it's followed by the grade one makers, Mark Mile. So uh, plenty of good racing down there in a rare, rare summer meet. Uh, and And like I said, the, the racing's everywhere. They're, the grade two uh, ruffian is going to be run at, at Belmont Park. Um, you know, you've also got uh, stakes that go into Sunday, including Keeneland's TVG Elkhorn Stake. Uh, you're going to have uh, just uh, Delmar's opening up. So a lot of people are going to want to be uh, looking at that. So, uh Get tied on, folks. It's going to be a busy weekend. All right, let's get to some news of the week. And actually, this first story is news of the day. This came out about four hours ago. Uh, Tom's Detat is uh, still racing, still running. But when he's done running, he's going to Windstar Farm. Right now, he's probably the leading uh, Breeders' Cup Classic contender uh, right now. Uh, it's just, you know, the, the hero, the... Grade one Clark Stakes, uh, the Stephen Foster. Uh, he's running 109 buyer speed figures. Al Stahl's just has done a sensational job with him. Uh, record of 18 starts, 11 wins, two seconds a third, and he's won over 1.6 million dollars. So, uh, you know, in Al Stahl's own words, I've been honored to be able to train two great horses, the 2010 champion older horse and leading stallion Blame and Tom's Detat. And he said, I can't wait to get him over to Saratoga and bring him back there for the Whitney. So uh, Elliot Walden pleased his punch to have him there. And, uh, 
you know, he, he pointed out that even though he's a bit of an older horse, uh, you know, he's top class and he's the last great son of smart strike from the family, female family of Candy Ride. Uh, he says, we walked Spitestown into the stallion barn at the age of seven and distorted humor at the age of six. And, you know, the careers that those two horses have had. All right. Well, something that's kind of been shaking the industry and shaking your head. You wonder if this guy took a page from Donald Trump. Uh, Tom Van Meter is banned from Keeneland, not only racing, but the sales uh, where he uh, always fared very, very well. And uh, Keeneland responded to racist comments made through Van Meter's uh, social media uh, that were very derogatory towards Afro-Americans. And uh, so Keelan says, well, until further review, we just don't want this guy associated with this, including participation by Van Meter and the Van Meter Gentry sales in their sales and racing activities. Wow. I don't know where you go when Keelan gives you the boot, but uh, if, if, the Van Meter family goes back quite a way. If if you go just uh, east of Keeneland, that's Van Meter Road that runs north and south. And actually, I believe his family made a lot of their money when across the street from Keeneland, of course, is the airport. And that was, I believe, Van Meter's great or great great grandfather's farm. So you can imagine uh, they got a little bit of money stashed away. But uh, even though. Van Meter's issued an apology uh, saying that he was disgusted by his actions. You put those things out there, folks, and they never go away. So uh, very sad. This is a case of somebody giving himself a black eye and not necessarily uh, racing. Uh, uh, moving on, the COVID thing just keeps going. This was this strange story. Uh, at Lone Star, they canceled racing after one race on Sunday. The rest of the card was canceled, and the only explanation was a post on their Twitter account that read, due to an overabundance of caution and due to coronavirus, racing for today has been canceled. I, I guess a, a lot of people are saying, John, what's this all about? Why did they run one race and not uh, do it? Well, a part, part of the thing is that uh, we have had uh, a, a rider uh, it's uh, Gerard Melanson tested positive coronavirus. Uh, he was a regular at Delta Downs and Evangeline, and uh, and he was there. But I don't know if, if they're just being very, very uh, careful or uh, what is, is going on with Melanson. We'll find out. But following that announcement on Sunday um, that, uh, that they were um, halting – uh, that, that that had happened. Indiana Grand announced that it was halting the transfer of all jockeys, exercise riders, and grooms uh, that might be coming up from there. So that won't be happening. Uh, had some great, great racing uh, last week. We had good racing last night over at uh, Indiana. Now, what an what a, uh, evening for Brad Cox. Uh, he won the Indiana Oaks um, in sensational style with She Dares the Devil, uh, Florent Giroux up on that horse. And then just following that in the Indiana Derby, that was a 28 4 2 
Derby points race. Uh, shared sense, put in a strong finish under Giroux. And so Brad Cox takes both ends of the big races at Indiana. Great Saturday at Belmont. Really enjoyed playing this one. Of course, went three for four in the pick four. Kind of the story of my life these days. But uh, anyhow, uh, the, the Metropolitan Handicap was was just sensational. And the winner in there, Vacoma, just sh- came short of breaking the track record. Javier Castellano up on the George Weaver trainee, uh, broke sharp, led wire to wire. And this horse now is five for five around one turn. And so impressed with Spendthrift Farm that they have already laid claims uh, to uh, to its uh, breeding rights. So again, it was uh, Vacoma over long shot network effect and code of honor. Uh, then uh, we had the uh, grade one Manhattan on the inner turf. The winner in there, Chad Brown trainee, ridden by Irad Ortiz. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Ortiz's fourth win on the day. Uh, and the second spot was the Irish bred Rock Emperor, and third was Sadler's Joy. Uh, we, uh, the Suburban, always a great race, a mile and a quarter. And in the winner's circle, been a while, Tacitus, that's right. This was a rematch of the Belmont. You had the one, two, three finishers of last year's Belmont, Sir Winston, Tacitus, and Joeva in the field. And it was just an easy win for Tacitus. It's great to see this son of Tappet out of the multiple graded stakes winner, close hatches, do it for Bill Mott. Not sure how much this had to do with it, but they threw blinkers back on. Going to be interesting to see how he fares with the older horses later in the the season. So uh, glad to see him back in the winner's circle. And in the poker, it was the social paranoia who came off a slow pace and came flying Todd Pletcher this time Jose Ortiz in the saddle and then early on the card in the grade three victory ride heavily favored Frank's Rockette gets the job done for who's in the groove how about Billy Mott? Got a John, Johnny V was in the saddle for that one. So those are the big races that we handicapped last week with Eric Wing. I thank him for being on and uh, races that just happened uh, within 24 hours. So uh, also look at uh, the national news and our races from last week. Some updates on the races that are going to happen. A lot more national news. I didn't get to it all, but, you know, you can only fit – 10 pounds in a five pound sack. So, uh, just to go online, you'll, you'll read everything else. I was probably going to tell you anyhow. So hopefully we made a connection here, uh, with Mike Penna and we will be right back to talk about horse racing nation. You're listening to winning ponies. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off! What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. Alright, and with me now, a gentleman I haven't had on for, I'm going to say, a couple of years. And that is Mike Penna, and he's the guy that uh, is the brainchild of, of uh, HRRN. Uh, I'm blessed to be able to tap into uh, s- some of the people he's put together uh, uh, since the years. I think he he can correct me if I'm wrong, but he first sat down behind a microphone in 2003 when he was hosting uh, Equine Forum on Saturday morning. And then uh, it was he and Pete Cools, if I'm saying his name right, uh, started the Horse Racing Radio Network. Uh, and over the years, uh, Mike has just put together a great team of uh, what I think two different sets of talent that they have. Uh, number one, he's got some great handicappers on his team. And number two, if you listen to the interviews they have with jockeys and trainers, these people really do their homework and they're very good at bringing information out of their guests. Mike Penna, did I get get it right so far? Pete Coolis, by the way, is how you say Pete's last name. Uh, and uh, no longer with us. He passed away uh, several years back, but he was my mentor and the person that helped start the network with me and, and the, it taught me so much about broadcasting. He had a resume, John, that as long as your arm and had done play-by-play for many major sports, including the Minnesota Vikings at one time. And uh, his true love was horse racing, and that's how I got started. And so thankful to have somebody like that that could mentor me at that time. Now, I, I didn't go back far enough what was your uh, first entrance or your first uh, experience that got you saying you know i love this sport and i want to be involved in it it was saratoga i grew up about one hour from saratoga in western massachusetts a town called pittsfield which for people that remember the great barrington fair days when the fair circuit was really strong in massachusetts yes. pittsfield was yeah just a short drive from great barrington so to to give you a sense of where i grew up and uh, went to Saratoga for the first time. It was probably mid-80s or so. Um, I, I say 1989 is the first time I remember going and betting with my friends. 
and it was the Traverse Stakes Day. Easy Goer won that year. I think I had two dollars across the board on Easy Goer as a heavy favorite. I might have got back uh, seven dollars and ten cents for my six dollars. Yeah, bet, but you can't but pay for that experience. You know, I no, mean, you I thought know, I won the lottery. I was hooked. Yeah, I remember being there the day General Assembly set the track record, you know, just a gorgeous son of uh, of Secretariat. The, the, the Travers was always what we called a holy race of obligation for the Engelhart family. We were from upstate New York, and some of us moved over to Massachusetts. And so the one thing we'd all try to do is make a mini family vacation, and it would be – uh, family reunion, and it would be on Travers Day. So that was my, my brother Bob named his son Matthew Travers. <laughs> that's, that's how much respect we had uh, for that race. So yeah, I, I can identify it. This year should be very, very interesting, but I don't want to digress. We could spend 15 minutes just talking about that. But Mike, uh, it, I hope I got it right in describing kind of how you put together the pieces and how the network has grown over the years. And also the, the great cast of characters uh, you've come along at, and brought on your team. How did that grow? Yeah, I appreciate those. Yeah. Those kind of words, John, thank you so much for saying that. And it, yeah, you, you're spot on it started uh, with Pete and I, it, Pete was hosting a show for more than 20 years here in Lexington at that, at that time, uh, was not called the Equine Forum. It was a one-hour program. He would do the show start to finish, no commercial breaks. Every commercial that he did was a live read. So he would oh have God. a guest on for maybe 10 minutes and then do a live read for a, a horse farm or whoever was sponsoring the program at the time, come back with another guest, and he would do the full hour like that without taking any breaks at all. And uh, so that's how I learned. When I got involved with him, he started having me read some of those commercials and teach me how to read without making it sound like you're reading it to make it sound a little bit more natural. Uh, and then we decided to take that show, rename it the Equine Forum and expand it to two hours. And then it became a little bit more of a, a production where we did start having some taped commercial breaks so that we could go get a cup of coffee or whatever it might be uh, and give us a little vocal respite in there. And it grew from there. That's the, the, the Equine Forum is still our flagship program. I still host it every Saturday morning from 8 to 10. Uh, but now we've added so much other programming that with our partnership with Sirius XM, that made it all possible where we could now add other shows throughout the week. Uh, we produce more than 800 hours of horse racing programming during the year. We're actually the number one horse racing content provider to Sirius XM every year. And it's been, uh, yeah, it's been just an amazing ride to, to grow this thing and to take it from that one hour program and now see where it is today. Now, one of the first guys I remember you adding or becoming an important part of the team was none other than uh, former trainer Jude Feld. And he is not only great, uh, he's a great person, and he's able to bring that over to the microphone. Uh, He's a guy that is passionate about the sport, and when he's in the game, he likes to have fun. He enjoys it. Yeah, his knowledge of the sport is as strong as any analyst that you will find. And that's what Jude did with me for many, many years. Uh, he, he had as much a hand in growing this network as I did because we, we worked together pretty much from the time I launched and started taking over the race broadcast side of it in 2005. Jude immediately came on board and at that time was hosting his own radio show, horse racing show in Lexington, but was able to squeeze both of those two things together. So, uh, yeah, just a, 
a fantastic individual. Uh, we've become very close friends, and uh, he's not currently working with us at this time. Last year, he finally decided he was going to step away from the on-air stuff and focus more on helping me with writing some of the feature pieces we produce and, and helping out on that side of things. And, uh, that, you know, I miss sitting down next to him on Saturday mornings and, and during our race broadcast. But you're right, somebody who is uh, as knowledgeable as they come when it comes to thoroughbred racing. Yeah, just 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 a, a, a great guy. And then, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I don't have them all memorized. You know, I knew Bobby Newman when he was a track announcer up at Thistledown. Uh, so <laughs> and then he went down to the Florida area. So we go back a ways. Uh, but this uh, this Anthony Sabeel. Um, and I'm probably ruining his name again, even though I've had him on several times, this guy, man, he is one hell of a handicapper and it's not all chalk. No, no, it's not. He's not afraid to take a stand and and you got his name right too, by the way, you you nailed it. Uh, yeah, he, um, he's a guy that will voice his opinion and he's the thing I like about him. He's a son of a trainer and he's been around the racetrack his entire life he's a new yorker he's got that type of uh gruff persona almost that that uh not afraid to give an opinion uh and he does he'll take some shots and and usually when he gives you a horse that he thinks is a big price or he's betting against the favorite uh he's usually got some pretty sound logic not that he always wins but he always comes out with some sound logic and, and you can buy into the to the thought process behind his selection and yeah he's been a great addition uh, you know, there have been so many others. Uh, Kurt Becker, the announcer at Keeneland, is a big part of our network. He works with us on all of our Triple Crown and Breeders' Cup broadcasts that we host now. Uh, Tom Leach, the voice of the UK Wildcats, is sure. part of our broadcast yeah. team on some of those bigger broadcasts. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been fun to, and, and there have been many other people that have contributed over the years that aren't with us now, but every single person has had such, has played such an integral part in getting us to the next step and the next step and the next step. And, and of course, what some people don't know behind the scenes is that you employ slave labor uh, in a very key role with your wife, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she every day she's looking for a raise. And uh, I tell her, come on, honey, living with me isn't enough. And, and oh, says, no, I need more money. Yeah. Uh, no, she's she, and look, I mean, she has been uh, with me now. Gosh, I guess it's been uh, six or seven years, maybe even eight. Uh, since she left the jockey club, she was with jockey club for uh, about 20 years and ended up leaving that position to come work with me. And it's, I, you know, I couldn't do it. Number one, I could never done any of this without her support because when I told her I wanted to quit my job at thoroughbred times and I was going to quit my job at Keeneland when I was working there and I was going to jump into radio, which I had never done in my life. She never, she never batted an eyelash. She said, okay, what do we have to do? And uh, she's been there from day one and it's, yeah, just, just remarkable. I couldn't do it without her. Well, until this year, I'm always around the scene uh, uh, down there at Keeneland, and I must say, you get your money's worth out here because I just see her going zoom, 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 setting up the next interview, <laughs> setting up the next shot, telling somebody who's coming on. And I mean, uh, why she's not uh, uh, 85 pounds the way she moves around that track is beyond me. But uh, <laughs> you, you not only have a lovely wife, but you got a great worker there with you, Mike. Well, uh, just to. Uh, Everything happens on Thursday, which I love. One thing is, thank God, 
you're finally off the air before my show comes on. I, I keep looking at all the <laughs> HRRN stuff and I go, oh man, Penna better not take up my Thursday spot. And <laughs> it's probably because you're all over the air almost every other day of the week. But um, nonetheless, I'm pulling down my press releases and something always breaks on Thursday. And great press release that HRRN is having the live national radio coverage of uh, a race that's very near and dear to me uh, and that is the bluegrass stakes uh, at Keeneland that I think is only a year or so away from regaining its grade one status so uh, uh, while you guys are based in Lexington the official radio home of the Triple Crown and and Breeders' Cup uh, you're going to be going live for uh, the bluegrass I think for an hour you tell us yeah, one hour. The coverage starts at 5 o'clock. The bluegrass is set to run right around 5.30 Eastern time. Uh, so we'll have plenty of time before that race to look back on some of the other greatest stakes that will happen at Keeneland on Saturday, including the grade one Ashland and the grade one Jenny Wiley, which are also rock-solid races. Um, it, it's a heck of a day of, of racing, and our coverage from 5 to 6 uh, is going to be pretty cool. We're looking forward to it. Uh, we actually have an interview uh, that Anthony, who we just talked about earlier, conducted with trainer Kenny McPeak, talking about his Philly Swiss skydiver taking on the boys in the Toyota Bluegrass. And then, uh, of course, he's got his Philly in the Ashland, too, and he talks about both of them on our coverage. It, it's going to be really neat. I was hoping to get to you before you interviewed Kenny because I wanted to ask the question, Kenny, where'd you start out and have your first winner? And it was a track <laughs> called river downs <laughs> kenny had hair down to his shoulders i did before they tore the track down save the i believe at the time it was a beta tape of his first win and i handed it to him in the paddock one day he goes what's this i said look at the label it says ken mcpeak's first race so anyhow <laughs> that that interview is all in the bag but let's we got a couple minutes left but let's discuss it you know i first of all He's got nothing to lose by going in this race, and he also made room for his stablemate in the other race. Um, but, uh, you know, Kenny, he, th- this horse is a lock to get in the Oaks if that's where he wants to go with her. And I I almost think that he's doing this for the purse and, and for history's sake. I mean, uh, Kenny's been known to do that. He's also got an amazingly sharp eye. Uh, he, you know, you and I might call this a lot of money, but in racing these days, 35000 um, at the sale is not a whole lot. And she's now closing in on 600000 So, uh, I don't know if you can give us any insight into the interview, but uh, did you pick up any rationale of why he's doing it? It's a bold move, but it makes sense. Yeah, it, it was kind of for the same reason that you just touched on. He doesn't have anything to lose in this spot because of the fact that if she – doesn't handle the boys and she does get beat. It's not going to hurt her chances of getting into the Kentucky Oaks. They can still go that direction. Uh, and if she wins and proves that she's that caliber, then now they have another option where they could say, okay, if we want to go to the Kentucky Derby, that option is now open because they would have points from the bluegrass stakes to, well, potentially get into the field. Um, if that, if that would hold out and she could get into the top 20. Um, but the other thing he mentioned, which I thought was interesting, he said, you know, what made the decision so difficult is that they could have gone to the grade one Ashland, but instead the grade two Toyota Bluegrass is where they pick, 
And he said that was probably the most excruciating part of the decision. Do you go try to get the grade one in the Ashland where she's going to be a heavy favorite? Or do you take your shot at making some history in the grade two with the bluegrass and taking on the boys? And they they opted to uh, hold off on the grade one for now, thinking there could be another one in her future up the road. And they'll try to make some history and beat the boys. If I'm not mistaken, John, I think Keeneland sent out a press release uh, once the entries were drawn on Wednesday. And I think it mentioned that Swiss Skydiver is only the second Philly ever to run against the boys in the history of the bluegrass. You are correct. And none have won. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yep. I forget what, yeah, it could have been a hundred years ago when the other Philly tried it, but, uh, no, you are correct on that for sure. I, I do do my homework yeah. every now and then, but I mean, she's got good, <laughs> good early, good early speed. I'm seeing a lot of horses in here, throw the outside horses out cause they're all closers. Uh, but she's got that nice tactical speed and, and she can do it at different, like, like, like she's, she held off a tepid pace in the Gulfstream park Oaks and still won. Then she came back to a quick 45 and two in the fantasy and held on to win. And then she's not afraid to travel, goes out to Santa Anita and just romps uh, as the odds on favorite in the Santa Anita Oaks. So, uh, you know, all right. Keeneland's his home base. He's got his uh, training farm there and his breeding farm. Uh, so I, I, she won't be any stranger to the area. And she's probably already, even though she's been training at Churchill, she's probably already settled down uh, at Keeneland. He, he's he, when 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 you see him when he travels, you got to take a second look at those horses. Um, it's funny. Last night, uh, Mike, I happened to be on the phone with Tommy Drury, asking him a, a, a question. And I looked down. Yeah. You know, and I said, hey, man, you're getting to the bigs, you know, uh, running in the bluegrass stakes. And he told me the story behind Art Collector. And uh, and all of a sudden, we look up at the screen, and there's Shared Sense pretty impressively winning the Indiana Derby. So yeah. Art Collector is going to be my long shot in here. I don't know if we could beat Swiss Skydiver, but she'll be on, he'll be on all my other tickets. It's a horse with a lot of upside and got switched from trainers for various reasons. And uh, so since then, been with Tommy all winter long, got to his uh, uh, Skylight Training Center in January, and uh, it, it's going to be one to watch. Well, Mike Penna, you know what this is like when your producer starts sending you terrible looks uh saying all right pal you've had good time with mike penn it's time to move on but listen i want to thank you uh it's been a pleasure i'll call being a friend of yours over the years and i just want to say you michelle you, your whole staff uh, you guys are doing an outstanding job for the industry now john i appreciate that and you know you know i think the world of you you're a class act and it has been great to develop that friendship over the years and, and keep it rolling with winning ponies. And I'll uh, hopefully look forward to seeing you at the racetrack before too long. Keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, I know. I hope they're not bringing me in a wheelchair by the time they lift all these uh, COVID restrictions. <laughs> you and but, me both. <laughs> we'll find out but either way uh we'll be listening to you on uh on saturday you're going to be on uh sirius 219 and xm 201 and the lexington market on hank 96.1 fm mike penna and the team from hrr net they are bringing it to you folks and mike i thank you for being on the show thanks john appreciate it buddy have a good night
All right. Take care. All right, Mike Panna. That was great. I'm looking forward to it. Also uh, looking forward to Frank Angst, who's coming out with us. I don't know if you guys remember. I should have kept my cheat sheet of the last time he was on the show. He crushed the card. Let's hope he does it again at Keeneland on Saturday. I'll shut up. We'll get out of here. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. And Frank Angst from the Blood Horse is with us again. Of course, uh, he's an Eclipse Award winning journalist. And uh, as I told you earlier, he's an outstanding handicapper. Uh, The only sad thing about Saturday is I won't be down at Keeneland to see him, ask him how he's doing and who he likes on the card. Frank, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Great to be here. Well, uh, we're presented with a very, very interesting card here on Saturday. If it's if it's quality, first of all, it's very strange to be watching races at Keeneland in mid July. Um, yeah. But it, but it, you put up these purses and these graded stakes races that they lost, you know, during the spring meet, and uh, you know. Uh, build a good purse, and they will come, and they certainly have on Saturday. Yeah, the uh, keen one meet right in the Saratoga. So, um, but yeah, it's a great card of stakes, that's for sure. All the top horses. Um, I think the Bluegrass is a great race. Um, so yeah, it's <laughs> one after another. 
Well, Frank, let me pick your handicapping brain here and see uh, how many races we can uh, get some insight on. Uh, the Toyota Bluegrass uh, has always been a, a prominent race on the Keeneland schedule. And this year, uh, as I was talking to Mike Penna, we got a real curve in here. Only the second filly in history is going to post. And uh, she could potentially be the favorite Swiss skydiver uh, trained by Kenny McPeak, a daughter of Daredevil. If you look, this horse has horses winning everywhere right now. I wouldn't be surprised to uh, see his uh, stud fee go up. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah. uh, uh, as, as I spoke earlier, uh, the, the horse has really good speed. The horse is not afraid to ship. Uh, I think it's probably already bedded down at Keeneland since Kenny only lives a few miles away. Um, so I, I've got to, I've got to put her down as the one to beat. But other than that, there's a couple other horses here that a can challenge her or B certainly be part of a solid trifecta ticket. How do you see the race laying out, Frank? I mean, definitely the, the, the Philly has definitely been impressive to put together that run of graded stakes wins. I mean, it's one thing to win three races in a row, but to win at Gulfstream and Oakland and Santa Anita as a three-year-old, I mean, that's pretty amazing. So no knock on her. Um, the, the, the horse that I've kind of been waiting, though, to, to play is Basin. Um, grade one winner at two, and uh, didn't start the year all that. I mean, he didn't embarrass himself, but just kind of a couple solid efforts to win, to start the year. I'm sure they were obviously looking for a win, but I thought his Arkansas Derby was sneaky good. Um, he chased Charlatan around the track. Um, I've been reading uh, up, no to Charlatan. <laughs> they have the post-race drug test, um, but that that's not really a factor on anything. But I, I just like the fact that he held off Governor Morris. He came tra- running for second, and he, was, he still had enough in the tank to hold him off. And I just, I just like his progression going into this race. Um, they were looking at the Belmont stakes, but they opted to skip that one. And I think they feel like this time's up better, uh, both both for this start and potentially going into the Kentucky Derby. Um, in my opinion, that where he was racing at that day, I, I mean, in some ways he was kind of alone. <laughs> like, Charlton was so far ahead, and then it was sort of him, and then it was sort of everyone else. So in some ways he was kind of on the front end, and that was not where he wanted to be that day. I mean, horses were coming off off the pace for, for most of the day. Um, so I was pretty impressed with that run, and I think it's um, a run that he can move forward on. And uh, I, I like William Snap as a sire, too. Uh, anyway, that's, that's who I landed on. Okay, well, uh, I don't know if you, you heard my uh, interview with Mike, that the horse that I don't think you can throw out, it just seems to be, if you look at his progression, whether it be speed figures or his ability to race against better quality horses, he's not a great at stakes winner, but it's this horse that Tommy Drury has by the name of Art Collector. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like yeah. I said, I was, I was talking to him last night and I said, well, I'm going to watch some races. I, he says, what's up next. They said the Indiana Derby. So the, the, the horse that he just beat shared sense, uh, easily won the Indiana Derby for Brad Cox. So yeah. he texts me back and he says, maybe I entered in the wrong race. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the horse definitely seems like he's speaking at the right time. 
it's a horse they started off on turf, and uh, since he's gone to dirt, he's done nothing wrong. Uh, interestingly enough, last year, all three um, Triple Crown race winners, all three of them started their careers on turf. I'm, I'm not saying like that, take that to the bank, but it, but it's been interesting that the trainers have been more willing to, to get horses started out on turf, even if they long-term envision going to the dirt. So that was a little interesting. But yeah, I mean, he did win a race at Kentucky Downs on the turf. Uh, but he's really taken off with these three straight wins on the dirt. Uh, hasn't even been close in two of those three wins. So definitely uh, time time to step it up and, and see what they have there. Um, in, in part because of the same way the track was playing uh, on the Arkansas Derby Day. I also like Rushy. Um, he yes. since came back, and I, I thought he ran a, a, a sneaky good third place in the Santa Anita Derby. Um, to come, and, and I mean, the horses he finished behind, of course, are well thought of. Honor AP will probably be the second choice in the Kentucky Derby and Authentic. He's been well thought of all year, so um, I thought his run there was pretty good, too, and it could set him up. So my, my top two would be uh, Basin and Rushy. Well, let's see if they can get by the quick girl coming out of the Kenny McPeak barn in Swiss Sky. I certainly won't be surprised if she she takes care of business again. She's done nothing wrong and gets five pounds here. And uh, Ken McPeak, of course, has had a lot of success at Keeneland, has won this race twice. So uh, it won't, won't be surprising if she delivers again, too. Well, uh, let's go to the Central Bank Ashland. It's a grade one for three-year-old fillies, so some of these horses could, uh, you know, end up on on the uh, uh, Kentucky Oaks card that day. And uh, it's a, you know, relatively evenly matched field. There's only one long shot in here, and other than that, uh, they're all single digits to one. Uh, the, the getting slight favoritism uh, coming in from Oaklawn Park. The uh, who ran second behind Swiss Skydiver uh, was uh, Venetian Harbor, uh, but that's a little bit of an edge at six to five. At two to yeah. one, uh, you, you, you've got a Speech who just ran second to Swiss Skydiver in 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 the Santa Anita Oaks, uh, and uh, um, the Fairground Oaks has been a very important race in the Kentucky Oaks. Now that's usually because the Kentucky Oaks isn't that far from it and you've got the fairgrounds oaks winner in bonnie south there and i could also talk about kenny's horse and Voltante, if i'm saying that right toneless shape i thought was going to be the new kid on the block and some of the shines come off her but not much she came back in one i think you put a line through her Gulfstream park oaks she's right there and i noticed that Safi joseph is throwing blinkers on any of those some of your uh, you know upsetters or horses you like better than I, I, land, I, I yeah I landed on the favorite on this one John and I'm going to sound a little bit like a broken record but again uh, she ran the day before the Arkansas Derby and I thought the same type of track I thought she saw the same type of track where it was difficult to go gate the wire and the only horse that caught her was Swiss Skydiver um, she held off she shows that she uh, <laughs> it's she dares the devil who won yesterday. Um, so I, I, I have, I can't fault her, and I, I, I would look for a gate to wire win from her tomorrow. Since I'm giving out a favorite, I will give out the exact. That perhaps I, I like Kenny McPeak's, um 
Philly in this race, and, and I think it's part of the reason he might be that he's what well, he said. It's part of the reason he's running with Skydiver against the males is that he doesn't like running two of his top horses in the same race. So, yeah, Envutante is that even close? I haven't looked up the pronunciation of that yet, but um, that, that's the way I'm like calling way, it. Okay, and I, I certainly like the way that she closed in the allowance race at Churchill. Um, so maybe we get Venetian Harbor and and Vitante picks up the pieces for second and get us some decent exacta. All right, we're talking with Frank Angst from the Blood Horse. Uh, let's move on to another Grade One on the card, and it is the Coolmore Jenny Wiley. They're going a mile and a sixteenth on the turf. $350,000 up for grabs. I, one thing I usually do is I go through the card and I highlight horses that have been running consistently in graded stakes races. And yeah. I, I got highlighter all over this page. I mean, these are a really <laughs> talented and experienced group. Uh, getting the nod uh, would be Rushing Falls, who – Fall, no S, uh, who won the Jenny Wiley last year and would become only the second filly outside of Intercontinental to win this race back-to-back seasons. Wow. Yeah. That, that would be strong. And she, um, she certainly is a terrific horse. But kind of the same thing that you just referenced was the same thing I'm looking at. It's a horse that I've like throughout her career. So it would really take a lot for me to uh, change my mind, regardless of who she is facing. But point at, um, I mean, the, the horse, she's won eight of 11 starts and she's five and one morning line. I mean, how many times do you get that? She, she beat Russian Fall, you know, in 2018 at Churchill Downs on the turf. Um, so, I mean, she's capable of running that type of race. And uh, I just had a high opinion of her. She, She's kind of versatile. She can come off the pace a little bit, go to the lead if she needs to. I, I like that. And that the, uh, she can, the jockey can kind of adjust to however the, the race takes shape, which probably explains why she's won eight of 11 turf starts. So I can't, I can't be talked off of her. She seems to be going in in good order. They got the prep race out of the way, which she won. I, you know, Neil Drysdale picks his spots really well, and, and obviously pretty much every trainer in this race does. That's the thing with Keeneland is they're all typically choosing between five or six straight horses, so that makes it tremendously tough. But I just have a high opinion of her, and I, I'm not going to get off her here. Okay, again, that's uh, Toynette. Uh, the scat daddies are still out there winning races. It's just so sad that he left us as early as he did because his impact just over the last three years, or I guess four years now, uh, has just been phenomenal. It's like a lot of people didn't know who he was, and all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. Scat daddies are everywhere winning graded stakes races. Um, I, I, I do think there's some you – know, other horses, though, that are going to be you know, worth worth a, a look at, uh, you know, price-wise uh, on your trifecta tickets. Uh, Chad Brown and Joel Rosario on this Altia, uh, the French bread. Yeah. She's always knocking on the door and is 12 to 1. Easily think this horse should be a part of your, you know, exacta trifecta tickets, especially if you're getting 12 to 1. And another yeah. horse is 
duck nobody, but will, I think, totally get ignored is Mucho Unusual. I mean, you look at the yeah. company that this horse has been keeping, and she, she certainly has credentials to hit the board. She's 8-1 to one now. I think she'll float up. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I, I would agree with that. And, and she's just one of those horses that she hasn't had a lot of wins lately, but she consistently hits the board and, and top races. So definitely a good horse underneath. And if things go right, she could spring the upset. Now, what do you think about the mystery horse? It seems like when horses come up from South America, they go to Richard Mandela. When they come from yeah. France or Ireland, they go to Chad Brown. <laughs> and this guy's done some great work with these South American horses. I, I don't know what it is, but it's certainly a mystery horse. And, and if she won, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be throwing my tickets on the ground. Yeah, well, I mean, I've seen all of her, all of her U.S. stars. And each one has been impressive in their own way, even the one that she led and got caught right at the end. Um, I, I definitely, it's part of the reason that I think things might set up pretty well for Tornette. I mean, she def, she's definitely going to add a speed factor in there. The time she went two turns, she opened a two-length lead early. And, the, and other than that, it's been in tough sprints where she was close to the lead. So it's pretty clear right. that she's going to be the likely front runner. Um I think it's difficult to go to gate to wire on the turf at Keeneland, especially with as it's had some rain this week. Um, but I, I, she's done nothing wrong. I mean, I, I always have concerns when the horses from Southern California who are used to that. I mean, not hard turf, but definitely firm turf, and then they come east, and these these turf courses have a little bit more moisture in them. I, I think that's a pretty good challenge. Um, but again, the horse has done nothing wrong. I mean, so I, I won't be surprised if she wins, and would, certainly wouldn't talk anybody out of uh, if they really like her to go go with that. But the, those would be my concerns. Just the, the new experience coming to Kentucky and probably facing a little bit different course than she's faced before. Well, Frank, I'm down to a minute and a half to post time. Uh, briefly, the Grade One Madison. Garana has pretty much been a super horse. She only lost one race in her whole career, and that was the grade one cotillion. And it looks like Chad Brown is sitting on go with this uh, filly. But who beat her that day, John? Uh, Street band. (laughs) And who picked that horse that day on your show? Frank (laughs) Angst. Right here. You're talking to him. So let's let's take a shot with Amy's challenge. Um, she's a horse that I just feel like has been knocking on the door. Just a talented horse that sometimes gets overlooked. And last year she almost did it. She just missed in this race last year. So I'm going to give her one more try. All right, folks. Well, don't be afraid when Frank Anks gives you an eight to one shot. It's worth going to the window putting that horse on your ticket. Uh, We'll see if she can upset this filly that's only lost one race in her career by an upsetter that was picked on winning ponies by Frank Angst. All right, Frank, I'll be looking for my text on Saturday uh, from you (laughs) going, see, I told you so, because you always have. Well, anyhow, I got to get out of here. Frank Angst from the Blood Horse. Thanks a million. I also want to thank uh, my, my friend Mike Penna from Horse Racing Radio Network. Uh, they'll be broadcasting the, uh, 
the Bluegrass Stakes from Keeneland. I want to thank you for listening. Remind you, a lot of racing going on. Go to winningponies.com. Pull down your easy win forms. I'm John Engelhart. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.